You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's begin. Let the magic unfold. Let the spark ignite. Let us start the podcast. Have we, have we started? <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Uh, and before we start, a big thanks to our new Patreon, Vicky. Thanks a lot, Vicky. And we also have our new material night on the 27th of September with fantastic guests, Deb Giovanni and the wonderful Kerry Godleyman. You can find tickets to join us on this uh, escapade, or whatever it is that we're doing, uh, either at the WTB Facebook page, uh, Twitter page, Instagram page, or somebody else's page. I don't know. Have a stray luck. See how you go. Let's begin from the very beginning. <laughs> Name that movie. Name that movie. Is it uh, The Sound of Music? Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Jen wins. First musical question of the day. There will not be more. Don't worry, everyone. Listen, that would be the only one I could get. Maureen, are you slightly better at musicals than I am? Old school musicals, not the modern ones, but the old school ones. Rogers and Hammerstein, things like that. Oh, the modern ones with their modern music. Ooh! No. Yeah, but the tunes are unmemorable. You just never remember the tune. You never go away singing a tune from a modern musical, do you? Have you not seen Rent? I haven't seen Rent. Have you seen Hamilton? You know we saw Hamilton together, Brister. Exactly. And you're trying to tell me none of those songs are memorable? Well, I wouldn't be able to sing them. No, well, neither would I, but... Um... <laughs> When the Skylar sisters come on, I'm like, I start the song with a little uh, try to rap along. And then very quickly, my mouth goes, I can't keep up with what's happening here. Back away, Brister. I mean, Hamilton was great, I have to say. I did enjoy that. Yes. And also, you're right, Alison. Rent has got uh, some absolute bangers. Maureen, I think you should see Rent or at least listen to Rent. I think you would really like it. Hmm. She does not trust me, everyone. If you could see Maureen's face right now, it was the look of, yeah, you can keep trying, Alison. It's not a horror. It's not scary. It's a questionable story, but uh, abs- absolutely great songs. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now that we've um, put uh, the musical theatre world to rights, which is as it should be on this podcast, uh, I think there are a lot of people who've, who work in musical theatre or enjoy it who have been like, what we need is to hear from three women who know very 
very little about it and find out what <laughs> what their take is. And that's it. You're welcome. Oh, dear. Anyway, how are we all? Are we seven all right? Well, I didn't sleep last night, so I'm full of the joys of life. Oh. Maureen. I've had insomnia. It's the absolute pits. Well, the thing is about insomnia is that they get to a point in the day where I'm like, I've had enough of me. <laughs> and sleep is a great way of checking out from me. But then to have more of me, I don't need that. I don't want it. And then you always fall asleep just at the moment when you've got to get up. You're like, really? <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, yeah. What's that about? You go to sleep like literally 30 minutes before your alarm goes off. You're like, oh, come on. Do you know, it's weird because I had reflexology yesterday. It was fine, but it just made my legs just feel like they had little people in them. My legs like, felt all tingly and weird. <laughs> so that was keeping me awake as well. You got classic tickly legs. I got, I don't know, my legs just felt funny. Like there are people in them is the best description I've ever, it was like there was people inside my legs. Do a little bit of stretching so you probably need to stretch it out your legs have got a little bit of a tingle in them because they need to be stretched so you know just uh, do a little hamstring stretch do a little stretch of the quads Maureen doesn't know what that means try and touch your toes Maureen there's a stretch I mean there's a stretch in I mean literally and metaphorically that will be a stretch or sit down put your legs in front of you bend another leg back then with your other arm lean over and touch your foot and then stretch out that will also stretch here this side of you Maureen these are very simple things you may have done if you've done any sort of physical activity at any point in your life <laughs> no? okay fine uh well give it a whirl and honestly that will get rid of your tickly legs or the the people inside them she kind of likes the company though is the thing <laughs> well who's inside your legs that's what I want to know how was your week guys oh you saw yourself on film didn't you Brista <sighs> Yes, I did. I, I watched that uh, horror movie, Alison, last night. I, I saw a screening of it, Adam Ethan Crowe's film. Uh, it, was a, it was a screening of it at Soho House last night. Ooh. I went to go and see it. It was very, very good. It was really good. Given that the budget was like so small, it was like 200 grand. I cannot believe they've made what they've made from it. It's just amazing. And the visual effects were brilliant. And the acting was great. And my very brief performance was, if I may say so, epic. I think ah. that, people people will take away a lot from that uh, scene. You know, I'll say to them, do you remember the um, the female police officer? Oh, what, the one that goes in at the beginning with, no, no, not her. The, the one in the, the, is she the one with the red hair? That No, 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 not that police officer. Uh, there's one, the one that she's got her arm around the kid. I don't remember her. That was me. Okay. Jen, that's so exciting. I make a very convincing WPC. I think it's the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at me and went, "Yeah, sure. You, that that could you could definitely be a, a police officer." It's your aura of authority, Jen. Well, uh, I think that goes without saying. With or without you, the uniform, isn't that right, Maureen? Definitely. So, Alison, uh, we we need to make your dream come true, which is to appear on a horror film, on a horror film, on top of a horror film. In a horror film. <laughs> in a horror film. I get the in and the on wrong a lot. It's a bit like my mum with cup and cap. Uh, it's the same thing. She's always wanting a cap of coffee and telling people to put the cup on their head. Anyway, you would love to be in a horror film, wouldn't you, Alison? So we'd need, we, we need to make your dream come true. That would be a fantasy of mine is to be in a horror film. I don't, I don't even care how, like, uh, non-budget. In fact, the lower budget, the better, in my opinion. I guess I shouldn't say that because I should want money. But I would just love to be a part of any sort of horror film. Yeah, with the, a sort of a severed head or maybe bits of your intestines flying through the air. Oh, my God. Or an alien abduction. Oh, I would love to be part of a make-believe 
alien abduction. Oh yeah, not a real one because I've, I've heard they're very traumatic actually. <laughs> Apparently they, they linger. Just watch Unsolved Mysteries. That's all I'm going to say. Do you remember Unsolved Mysteries? No, I never watched it. Oh my God. What sort of after effects can you expect from an alien abduction? Well, from, from the uh, interviews that I've seen, because I was obsessed with alien abductions for a little while, guys. It was kind of a fear of mine because people's <laughs> lives... I know. Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at my fears, you guys. Because people's lives were ruined. Like, I remember watching the talk shows where people would come on and they, they're destroyed. Their, their sense of, like, privacy, their sense of, of safety, gone, right? Because there's something beyond your control I don't know. And just like the idea of fight or flight, if all of a sudden aliens appeared in front of you, I mean, what would you do? That questions everything, all of your beliefs. I, I just find it an overwhelming, terrifying thought. Well, unless you believe in alien abductions and then you're like, oh, I'll get Brister on the phone. She'll be <laughs> I told her that this thing. Ah. This is real. This is real. Yeah. What I find interesting about alien abductions, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of them appear to happen in North America. But it seems like aliens don't want to come to Europe. Is there something about this the, the this continent that they're like, oh no, it's too many people and not enough space? Well, that's yes, yes, Jen, yes, that is exactly it. Because most alien abductions, sorry to jump in so emphatically, but most alien abductions happened in uh, rural, large rural areas where there aren't a lot of people. But why aren't they happening in Australia then? Because those people have space there. <laughs> I'm going to Google and I'm going to find alien abductions in Australia. Or somewhere like Sweden. Sweden's got a lot of country, isn't it? A lot of space. Norway, get up there. Get past Trondheim. Good luck. There's just space, loads of space. But maybe they don't like the cold, Maureen. They're not oh, stupid, yeah, these aliens, mm -hmm. aren't they? They don't want to go out to some sort of glacier and, fingers crossed, it, it can support their spaceship. Especially with global warming, they understand that maybe 15 years ago, sure, they could have landed their spacecraft there. But now the ice sheets, the glaciers, they're melting. They, they've seen the polar bears. Is it possible they landed first in North America, so they have like their ships and that's just they're more familiar with that territory at this point? Or maybe they just never landed at all. Uh, Maureen, get out. You're not welcome in this conversation. We're, we're, this is a serious conversation about alien abduction and all of a sudden you are suggesting these things don't happen. You realise that Men in Black wasn't a documentary? I've never even seen it, but... Have you not seen Men in Black? I can't believe Maureen just said Men in Black is really good. I was not expecting that. I'll go down and do my research and then come back and re report back uh, about what I feel about Men in Black. Alison, I feel like... I'm not making fun of anyone that believes in alien abductions. Listen, I, I, there's people that believe in God. There's people that believe in alien abductions. There's people that believe in peace on, on earth. And they're all mental, okay? Because none of these things are going to happen. Okay? There's people who believe in Boris Johnson, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's the craziest of crazies, isn't it? Because there's a great movie about an alien abduction. I'm sure you've seen it, Alison. It has um, the actor that is in Glow. Is it Fire in the Sky? Is that the one you're talking about? It's either Fire in the Sky, Communion. I saw it in Netflix. In Netflix? No, on Netflix. Oh my God. What is happening? Hey, were you having a cup of coffee while you watched that? <laughs> yeah. Good call back there, Alison. That was very good. Oh, I'll tell you a story. I lived opposite three neighbours in Vienna, three guys. And my friend wanted the flat to herself to have a romantic evening. And I walked in and wanted to say... I need to sleep at yours. But what I actually said to them, I got the preposition wrong and basically marched in, my usual self, marched in, didn't bother knocking, just walked in and said, I need to sleep with all three of you. That's what I actually said. <laughs> <laughs>
And you were like, no, I said it the way I wanted it. Yeah, and I was no, because I, I was like, you can imagine. Yeah, I was heute Abend mit euch schlafen. All of you, get on the bed. <laughs> I bet they all looked at each other and went, well, oh, whose bed's big enough? <laughs> when in Rome or when in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> Alison, we haven't even asked you. Tell us about your week. How bloody rude. I was not abducted this week, everyone, so well done me. Uh, My week, real quick, I'll sum it up, not as exciting. I hosted a corporate event for the Pipeline Summit. It's for women in business and basically like some mentoring and some coaching. And it was really great. There was a a fantastic speaker, Stacey Copeland. She, uh, She was one of the first women to win the boxing heavyweight championship. And when she won it, get this, there was no boxing belt because they said people aren't interested enough in the women's boxing that we just haven't made a belt. So she like kind of like began the process and got a belt made and did all this. So it was an amazing, it was a really, it was a quite an inspiring day to be honest with you, everyone. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? That even now to this day and age, we can, we have to have these conversations. I mean, who wants to watch women doing anything, eh? Unless it's some sort of scene, like lesbian porn. Yes, then I'll watch two women. But other than that, why would I bother? It's just, it, I, it's incredible, really. I mean, we comedians, we still understand that that is still it's the attitude of some people today. Fortunately, most people have got the memo, but there's still that attitude. And we see it on bills when we are literally the only women on stage. We never gig together. It's like Highlander. There can only be one on each show. To be fair, that is changing now, isn't it? That is changing. It is changing, but it's glacial, isn't it? That sounds great, Alison. And the great thing about corporate, good or bad, ka-ching. Great. (laughs) Yeah, big smiles on this girl. But it was fun to do a corporate that I actually enjoyed. I cried at one point. I cried during the day, everyone. And at one point, the ladies were like, well, you know when a comedian cries, you've really gotten through. I was like, actually, it's not that hard of a feat. I'm quite a crier. But I didn't tell them that. I let them believe that it had been a real move. I was like, I cry a lot. But it was, uh, it was really good. And then there was the very first female bishop that has ever, yeah. And that was amazing, too. She spoke and her words were, it was phenomenal. It was just a phenomenal day. I'm still really, I'm really charged up, everyone. So, you know. Well, what fabulous weeks we've had, as always. I'm sure people will come away thinking... <laughs> thinking, thank God I've never been abducted. Yeah, that's what they're going to yeah, come well, away. Yeah, exactly. Thank God I don't live in America. <laughs> <laughs> With all those aliens. Right, uh, so, oh uh, gosh, Maureen, I cannot, and because I know what's about to happen. I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> oh, my days. It's time to go over to the corner that is to my right and see the Maureen Younger for her Be My Moment. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't... I'm, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. What happened was, uh, I'm going to talk about Little Miss Sunshine later, so it's got to relation to that, which is a comedy. Um, <laughs> and I had a friend who was very depressed, and so I said, oh, come over to mine, we'll watch a movie. So I put on Little Miss Sunshine, and I forgot the Steve Carroll character, a gay lecturer of literature, who is suicidal because his boyfriend has left him for another man. And, and unfortunately, the, the friend that I was showing the film to was a gay 
lecturer of literature who was depressed because his boyfriend had just dumped him. Oh, <laughs> you're like, I got a great comedy. <laughs> he even looks a bit like Steve Carroll. So, I mean, it was just... Right, so do you think this is a, this is a bit more Maureen moment when I suggest, a, you know, to a friend who's depressed, his boyfriend's just left him and to go and watch a film about a, a lecturer <laughs> who's bored and depressed. Yeah, that's the perfect thing you want to see back. Next time, just say Disney or something. <sighs> Have you seen The Little Mermaid? I'm pretty sure you're not going to relate to that. I mean, also, he was a lecturer of literature, which is what my friend is. To be fair, I haven't seen him recently. So. I mean, how short, How soon after did, <laughs> did the phone call stop? I think pretty soon, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, it's like, I don't understand that. Jen knows this other story. There was a friend who's, whose best friend ran off with his girlfriend. And we were chatting, say the, the best friend's called Pete, and I was talking away to this guy, and I went, oh, have you heard from Pete recently? He was like, oh, no, I wouldn't, would I, Maureen? Oh. And I was like, well, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a bad move. How do you get out of these? I suppose you just sort of do what you normally do, which is go, okay, then, is there any, someone <laughs> pass me the cheese and pineapple, or whatever, I don't know. Maybe we should make you a Rolodex for all your friends, so when you call them, you can be like, what's the latest, right? She wouldn't. Even look at it, Alison. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I wouldn't. That would collect dust in the corner. Well, it's this kind of emotional intelligence and empathy that we come to uh, with you, Maureen Younger. <laughs> also, what I liked about that story, as much as I enjoyed the story in and of itself, which was, of course, another classic, is Maureen going, so I just remembered this thing. Do you think that this is a, a bit more Maureen moment? And then she proceeded to tell me and went, oh, what? do you think isn't isn't a um, yeah <laughs> i mean this is entirely completely 100 percent a be more mooring moment yeah and she was like oh okay well i'll talk about that then this is what i mean Maureen, is that um we've only scratched the surface if, if we were to go back there's a lot of things that you're like i don't think that really counts and then you relay them and we're and, and allison and i are like what i know add it to the list yeah but it's like i don't see like you know me eating my jacket potato it was only when you described it kind of thought it is a bit odd like to me it was just kind of normal mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i mean sure mm -hmm. sure 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah often with friends i have you more in, they just pick up her jacket potato skin and suck it in front of you in a restaurant <laughs> does that happen uh, that's a, that's something you've seen a lot of is it <laughs> anyway talking of horrors we moved to horror films <laughs> No, because that's not the order of the podcast, Maureen. <laughs> oh, is it not? Oh, no, it's not, is it? It's not, it's not. Is it? We do TV later. 47 episodes, everyone. 47 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> no, it's time, as always, to head over to a woman that knows so much compared to the other two women that she's on the podcast with that's know so little, i.e. you, Maureen, who doesn't even know the flipping order of your own podcast. <laughs> It's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. 
Oh, fantastic. I wish it was about alien abductions right now that I was talking about, but uh, (laughs) it's true. This week's problem. I believe that I'm an intuitive mom and have a close bond with my daughter. My wife also has mainly good uh, relationships with her, but it's not quite the same, and they both wind each other up a lot. Often my wife does things that I disagree with when dealing with conflict. Conflicting parent views on how to discipline or raise children. Okay, that is the issue. Also, there's some other background. They have an adopted child. So there there are, you know, every, every situation of parenting is different. So I am taking this holistically and just discussing it in general. If you are parents that have differing parenting strategies, this is uh, some advice for you. So first off, let me say, I am not a parent, nor do I ever plan to be one. Okay, so take this with a grain of salt, everyone. But I will say this. I was a child who manipulated my parents against one another. So there we go, everyone. So I I can look at it from that aspect, right? Which I think is the main thing. Because you need to be a united front when you are a parent. This is, this is, I can say this for a fact. I hope my parents never listen to this podcast because they're going to be like, you're a horrible daughter. Okay, so this can be tricky, but it can be dealt with correctly. And it can really affect a relationship, let's be honest. If you have different parental strategies and, you know, it can really look at Brangelina. It was the end of them because Brad and Angelina Jolie, they they parented different. And that is what was the end of them. So we don't want you to be a Brangelina. There are four types of parents. I was reading a lot about this. And in general, there's kind of four types. So, So the first one is authoritarian, which is strict, highly controlling, and quick to punish or yell. Then we have number two, authoritative, relatively strict, enforces the rules, but display affection, most likely to discuss actions and consequences. Permissive is number three. They give lots of love, but very few rules and very few boundaries. And then number four, obviously the uninvolved or neglectful parents. They show little love and little rules, little interest, etc. So I thought that was interesting because when I looked over those, I was like, oh, you know, maybe people can really look into like, okay, what, where do I fit in? What, what am I truly doing? What kind of a parent? So authoritative, authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, uninvolved. The number one thing you have to realize is that as two parents, you are a team. You are a team. You need to approach your partner and maybe set aside a time to talk about this thing. Now, please don't deal with it at the moment of conflict. Maybe don't deal with it at a time where you're having a nice day. Maybe plan a particular time where you want to sit down and talk about the way you were raised, the way your parents raised you, and perhaps some things that you liked about the way that it went and the way that it, you know, things you didn't necessarily like. That way you're not attacking each other's parental, um, the, the way you do it, but you're just talking about where you came from, which might give you a better understanding of why each other feels the way they do. Please remember, this is not an argument, okay? You're not fighting. One person is not right. One person is not wrong. You are trying to get a better insight into where they're coming from and the views that they have. Compromise. Please realize that this is obviously going to take some some compromise. But in exploring the way that you parent, you can also really figure out the way that you complement each other. And I think that's something you need to focus on. Yes, there's differences, but what is it about the way that you both parent that actually complements each other? All right, so look at it as a, as a positive reinforcement conversation as well. I think a really handy thing is if you and your partner then 
think about situations and maybe write down all the rules, uh, including consequences. You know, if they break a rule, what's going to happen? Then show it to the kids and discuss it with the kids. Now, I know sometimes kids are young and you're like, they're not going to get it. But if you start to put this in regularly, as the kids get older, you can always be doing this. You can have meetings and be like, okay, well, if this happens, what is the consequence? Because when everyone feels they have input in it and everyone has added to it, then everyone understands and there can't be arguments about the consequences because you've all discussed it and come up with what you feel at this time is a solution. Obviously, this will change over time. So having these discussions regularly, I think, is really important as a family. Check in with one another often as well, just as parents, but check in away from the kids. Please do not have these discussions in front of the children. I definitely can say watching my parents argue uh, in front of me about the way we were being brought up did not help. You know, you need to be the united front so they, they know you're one team. Think of it like a business. If the leaders don't agree, chaos ensues, right? Very much like government, like what's happening right now. Anyway, moving on. Outside things that you can do that might uh, put you in a better frame of mind, obviously read some books about parenting. Join parenting support groups. There's a lot out there. Online as well. You don't always have to go out. If you feel like it's really hitting a point where it's unbearable, I always like to recommend some sort of family counseling or couples therapy even, because uh, there might be more of an underlining thing. It might be another issue that is kind of spilling over into the parenting. All these things can help bridge the gap between your differing parenting strategies. And I think that is what you're looking to do, is to find ways to bridge the gap. That is my advice. Thank you very much, Alison. That is a tricky one. I think you should just read The Other Mother. There we go. You could read Jen's book, The Other Mother. Essential reading. Parenting your children, if, if, you're, if you're doing it um, differently or if you haven't um, had a good sit down and a chat as a couple about what it is you want to do in terms of creating boundaries for your children, it's, you know, you, you're not going to get it right all the time. But that's okay. It's fine. But you do need to communicate because you're absolutely right. What is worse for your children is when you two are fighting about how to <laughs> how to parent them they don't children don't need to see that i i also uh, witnessed that as a child and i can say uh, quite candidly that it wasn't helpful so i think it's <laughs> i think it's good that if you have these arguments or if you have these disagreements take those away from your children and you come to some sort of an agreement and you're not always going to do things the same way sometimes you'll do the good cop bad cop thing yep. as a couple but I think you do need to have a clear idea about what the boundaries are for your kids, uh, about what sort of moral kind of compass you want to make sure your children have. Because I think there's a lot of things where we sort of go, well, I'm a nice person, so my kids will just pick it up. And it's like, yeah, no, there's loads of things that you have to actively talk to your children about and you have to actively discuss with your children. And consistency. That was another thing I really, you know, there has to be a consistent form, you know, and that's why I love the idea of involving the kids. Like I said, I'm sure, again, I'm not a parent, so parents might be like, no, you try sitting down your kids and talking about, but at least if the kids feel involved and there is a consistency always in place with both parents, it just gives the kids a better sense of what's right and wrong. Like, then they're not playing. Like, I just remember always going to my mom for things that I didn't want to tell my dad and going to my dad for things I didn't want to tell. And then you're like divide and conquer. And it's just so... 
it's unnecessary and it's just the beginning of the end, in my opinion. Uh, two things. This is what I do. So one, empty threats. Forget those. If you're going to say you're going to do something, follow through. So don't start saying to your children something like, I've got young kids. Right, Christmas is cancelled. Because obviously that is not going to happen, is it? But I, I think of things that I can do. Like I think legitimately, this is something that you like, this toy. Well, this toy is now gone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, toy. And then I'll let you know when you can see that toy again. And I'll decide and it will depend on your behaviour. The other thing I do is if I'm not sure, <laughs> what are we doing about this? I'll go, I'm going to speak to mum and then I'll come back to you. Brilliant. And, I'll just go, and then I go and speak to Chloe and I go, what are we doing about this? Because I don't know. And then she'll say, right, well. That's so brilliant, Jen. Yes. Because otherwise I'm saying something and I'm like, I don't know what I don't. Has he already spoken to Chloe about this? And now he's coming to me. I go, I'm going to speak to mummy and then I'll let you know. And then he's like, Ugh. you don't need to talk to mummy. You don't need to talk to mummy. Oh, no, I do. They're both in on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But look, parenting is a bloody minefield. But the most important thing is that as parents, as a couple, that you are united together against them. I mean, not against them, <laughs> that you are united together. <laughs> because if not, that can be a reason that couples sort of break up as well. It's because the children sort of almost come between you uh, and, and sides are taken and all that sort of thing. So you have to be a united front. So I think that is very good advice, Alison. Thank you very much. And also, as a non-parent, I'm very happy to hear from you always. Oh, thanks, because I do feel bad. I am coming from a place where, like, I made a decision not to have children, um, and I have no regrets. But I was a teacher, so I was around kids. Like, I have had kid experience. Yeah, and... listen, you can be objective about this stuff. Absolutely. And also, you're not coming at it from a point where, like, parents that do this are. You're just saying, hey, here are some thoughts that I've got, and I, these might be helpful to you. And listen, we can all take away from that. Alison June-Smith, wunderbar, das ist gut, well done. Bit of German there for you, Maureen, and you are also welcome. I was to bring her back into the room. She's back yep, in the room now. She yeah. zoned out there, and I thought, put the German in, see if she's still... And she was. Look, she's back in. Great stuff. Maureen, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put It's called being professional, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Uh, who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> what? Have we been watching on the television? There's a series on Amazon called El Cid. Okay, El Cid. How do you spell that? Uh, E-L and then C-I-D. He's like Spain's greatest hero. Okay, I don't know. I I, I don't know if you know this, but I I don't live in Spain. (laughs) I live here. Well, he's like a medieval hero. He was uh, a great... He's like a big, big hero in Spanish history. And it's um, there's like a two seasons i think 10 episodes and all about his life i haven't really seen that much of it i was watching it and thought these accents are a bit weird because they sound a bit american and then i realized it was dubbed it was dubbed really well so i put it back onto the spanish which is a lot better the lead guy isn't my kind of hunky man so I can't, i'm not getting probably would have watched more if i was attracted to him but um it's really i mean production values are out of this world i mean it's amazingly shot and produced and so it's a, it's basically set, I think, in the 12th century. So it's it's knights, and he he becomes this famous knight who then helps get rid of the Moors from from Spain. Right. So uh, so there's a bit of Spanish politics which I didn't really get, but there's a queen who seems to be plotting against her husband and her children, and she went, "Don't harm Sancho." And I thought, "Oh God, so Sancho's going to get killed." So it's a bit like a Game of Thrones plot, really. All these there's three brothers who have these Spanish kingdoms and they're all fighting each other and stuff well I've only, I haven't watched that much of it so the bit I watched was fine it was quite interesting so there's a princess there who's a bit of a bitch who f- seems to fancy her brother she was in the bath with him uh, as you do <laughs> and at one point one of her ladies in waiting had to clean, wipe her bum because obviously in those days with those dresses you couldn't really and that was one of your jobs as a lady in waiting you had to go and wipe her bum of course because she wouldn't be able to get back round there no you wouldn't be able to get round there I've never to me that that's what would happen is that you'd have to have someone else I mean that's that's taking friendship to another level isn't it well I mean let's be honest they weren't friends um <laughs> and if they were they weren't friends anymore well there was you know there's a was it the master of the stools was basically somebody who took away like it was a really well thought of job but it was basically taking away the stools of the king you were the the shit taker literally you were taking the shit Okay, so so that's on Amazon Prime if anyone's interested. Well, that sounds actually I might check it out. And also, uh, I do need to do a bit more Spanish listening because I don't do any. So yeah, that sounds like a good. I could do like a two in one, couldn't I? Very late to the party as always, but I watched the movie uh, My Octopus Teacher. And if you haven't seen it, oh, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, look, I'm sure everybody's seen it. They're like, yeah, Chen, we saw it. We saw it ten thousand years ago. It is such a wonderful film. I mean, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed it. Well, I can. I'm telling you. I really enjoyed it. It's about this guy who's going through a really tough time in his life. And he wanted to make a connection to 
nature. And he had worked as a wildlife cameraman um, photographer in the past. He had met these men, these trackers uh, in East Africa, who uh, really understood the land and the, the environment that they live in, in a way that they were part of it, that they were at one with it. And he said that as a man that had come in, you know, uh, as a cameraman, that he felt completely detached from nature. And so at this point in this man's life, he decides that he wants to make that connection and he does it by going swimming um, down by the, in, in the Cape. And, it, and, and on that side of the coast in Africa, it's where the water comes in from the Antarctic. So it is absolutely freezing. And he goes in every day and, I'm not, I, you know, and he's videoing the environment around him and he, he has to go in every day he makes this commitment that he's just going to go in every day whatever the weather whatever the, the the you know whatever the waves are doing however he's feeling he's just going to get into that cold water and he's going to look at what is underneath the sea and then he meets this octopus <laughs> on a date asks it out and they start this beautiful love no then he meets this octopus and he decides he, he he decides he's going to follow this octopus and he and he so he follows this octopus uh on on, the, on its journey for i can't remember how many it won't be a whole year because he's already done a bit of it without the octopus and honestly it's just fantastic it's beautifully shot i think it must be by him I, i'm assuming it's by him and and then that's all I'll, I'll say about it is this man and this octopus but you have to watch it it's not very long i think it's like 80 minutes it's on netflix i'm sure your algorithms will have popped it up at some point and if you if you it's just beautiful what did you think alison yeah i'm with you i don't want to give away too much because there's just so much but i think it's one of those documentaries and i love a good documentary because you are learning while you're wasting time it uh <laughs> i feel like i'm accomplishing a lot while i'm doing nothing it does make you really think about nature, yourself, you know, what it is. I, for me, it was time. What am I doing with my time? It made me think a lot about that. What's important? Yeah. And I think after the, the year and a bit that we've had, I mean, it was, it, it left me also feeling good. Can I say that? I walked away from that. Some documentaries, I walk away feeling a little bit broken because that's the purpose. And then you really, who am I? What's going on? But this one, it left me with a sense of like, I don't know, it it, it made you, it makes you feel good and, and look at things in the right way. I, it was, it was beautiful emotionally and visually. I agree with you, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is definitely my recommendation. And, and Maureen, I think you'd really enjoy it. So it's on Netflix check it out and and for any of our listeners who haven't watched it yet uh i can highly recommend it um allison come on we're on to the horror tell us everything yeah talking about beauty uh okay so my horror film of the week is one called the visit have you guys heard of this the visit well i've heard of the play by durin matt but i'm guessing it's not that <laughs> no it is not maureen it is not the visit, Becca and Tyler plan a week-long stay at their grandparents' place, whom they have never seen. Little do they know that their visit will be the most terrifying experience of their lives. It was phenomenal because I was basing it off of parenting and, you know, what happens, you know, with, with parents and maybe you don't have a good relationship with parents and then how that can affect you later on in your life. I don't want to give away too much, but it is creepy everyone it's creepy it's not gory uh there's a few jump out moments 
But essentially, it is the story of these kids visiting their grandparents. The mom is not there. The mom has sent them to visit the grandparents because the mom doesn't have the best relationship with the grandparents. So she's like, you know what? It's time for you kids to meet grandparents. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. So many suspenseful moments. And again, just creepy, creepy eeriness. Uh, And I did not see... Um, the ending coming. Oh, that's always good. I love that uh, actor, Catherine Hahn. I love her. I absolutely she's love her. Great. She's great. She, is she the mum in it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's. I just. I can watch her in absolutely anything. I think she's fantastic. Oh, Danny and I were just talking about that yesterday. She's a brilliant comedic actress, but even when she plays serious roles, she's great. Like just across the board. Yeah. She was in that Mark Ruffalo series that I wanged on about. Do you remember? Oh yeah. The, 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 the Wally Lamb from the Wally Lamb book, which I've now forgotten the name of the series. God, classic menopause. Anyway. <laughs> um, she was in that and and playing a serious role, uh, and she was fantastic in that, and also. Obviously, she's in um, Transparent, if anyone's, um, or Transparent. I never know what I'm supposed to call it. Transparent, Transparent. She's in that. And she's really, really, as a as a Jewish rabbi, she's brilliant in that. So I, I would watch it for her. Are the grandparents creepy in it? Is that the deal? Yes, there's creepy moments. The grandparents aren't always creepy, but there's just, you know, okay, I'll tell you a little bit. At a certain time, they're like, okay, go to bed at 9.30 and... Um, it's probably best if you don't leave your rooms after 9.30. And that's when you know, oh, all right, shit's about to get crazy in the house. <laughs> so if you want to scare your kids to stay in the bedroom at night too, this is a good movie. It's a great film. It's on Netflix uh, in the UK. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix in North America as well. But I just, I loved it. it, it it's a fluffer kind of horror movie that you get some creepiness but you're not going to be emotionally disturbed everyone i'm not giving you an emotionally disturbed horror movie that's all i'm going to say so really enjoyable allison thank you very much that was a wonderful recommendation of horror we've uh, steamrolled through that section as uh, we are incredibly efficient women Uh, and now it's time to head over to the corner uh, that Maureen likes to... Oh, God. Look, let's just go and see what Maureen's up to. <laughs> Thanks for the intro, Jen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You said to, I should put in some more comedy films. So I've, I've come up with three, which I, I think are great. I don't know if you've seen it. So first is the French film, Le Dîner de Con. Have you seen that? Oh, it's absolute classic. The Dinner Game. Have you seen it? No, of course I haven't seen it. It's fantastic. I'll br- I'm going to bring down, I've got the DVD, I'll bring it down next time I come down. Can you it. say that again? What's it called? Le Dîner de Con. Le Dîner de Con. What does that mean? The Dinner of Idiots. They actually made an American version, which apparently was awful, but um, it was like the biggest film in 1998. It was like the top grossing French film in 1998 and the second in, in general terms. And it only came behind Titanic. Titanic only got more, oh, which is wow. pretty impressive. And it's honestly, it's hilarious. It's got, it stars Thierry Lamite, which is a, who's a great French actor. And he plays this really unlikable kind of upper middle class Parisian, awful character. And him and his friends have this dinner every week where they invite an idiot and whoever brings the biggest idiot wins. And somebody tells them about this guy who's who's um, played by Jacques Villeray, and this Francois Pignon is the name of the character. And he 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 likes he likes making matchstick replicas of famous buildings. You know, this kind of very lonely guy. And he he meets him. He goes, "He's such an idiot. I'm going to win. I'm going to win." You know, I'm going to win this thing. And then over the course of the evening, this guy who only means well manages to destroy his life completely. And it's just really, really 
because he's always trying to do well. He's like trying to help him out. And every time he helps him out, it just gets worse. And at one point, Tulumit just looks at him and goes, you never stop, do you? Because he's just like, because as soon as he tries to make something better, something else goes wrong. And honestly, it, it's, it's hilarious. I totally recommend it. It's a very funny, very funny film. And in English, it's called The Dinner Game. Uh, my next one is one I mentioned before, Little Miss Sunshine, which is a tragic comedy. Have you have you guys seen it? Yeah, I've got it on DVD, actually. Weirdly, my I don't have a DVD player, but I still have the DVD. <laughs> it's got Tony Collette in it, who's no, that's always good good value for money, and Abigail Breslin, who plays the little girl, is just amazing. Alan Arkin is the granddad. He's fantastic, isn't he? He's brilliant it's it's a very dysfunctional family and it's kind of like a road trip movie so trying to get the young girl who's olive who's about 10 they're trying to get to a beauty queen pageant and everything kind of goes wrong uh, but it's just a very i'm not going to give it away but it's a very funny story and there are bits in it particularly at the end when you're like i shouldn't be laughing at this but you are laughing at it so um unless you're a, a you know gay lecturer whose boyfriend is just <laughs> maybe pass on that one for now <laughs> might not be for you but apart from that and the, the last one i'm gonna do is a station agent have you all seen that? oh i've seen that that but is that a comedy it's a comedy drama i mean it's, it's kind of a gentle comedy isn't it but it's quite also um not it's a little bit there's a lot of pathos in it it's quite sad yeah but there is there is comedy in it but two fantastic actors yeah peter dinklage and patricia uh, clarkson Absolutely. I, I mean, I loved that film when I watched it, but it was quite painful in places. I mean, you know, when it finished, because uh, my friend Rudy made me go and see it because I didn't really want to see it. But when it finished, I was really upset because I was like, oh, I wanted to carry on. Have you seen it, Alison? No. Oh, and it's like, I totally recommend it. Peter Dinklage, he, he basically is this kind of loner who he, he, he inherits this kind of abandoned train station in the middle of nowhere. And so he goes and he kind of wants to, because, you know, he gets picked on because of his size and everything, he just wants to be left alone. And then he gets involved in the lives of Patricia Clarkson, uh, Michelle Williams, and Bobby Cannavale, who plays Joe, who I love. I love the character of Joe. I mean, in real life, he'd irritate the hell out of me. But I just love this kind of very chatty chatty very friendly uh, a guy and it's just this really gorgeous film yeah and it and it's where it's shot wherever it is i don't know where it is in in, in america but it's it's just beautiful it's a beautiful and they've all got their own stories haven't they patricia clarkson has got her own particular story and she's great in it i mean that woman can act she's uh, honestly patricia clarkson or, or, i haven't never seen her in anything and thought oh love that's not really worked out for you even if the film itself is shit she is always it's top notch. I love her. So that's a really, that's a, that all of those three are really great recommendations. I don't want to lose my shit over. Okay, this is it. Right. Let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. nearly the end of the podcast Alison and it's always my favorite time Ooh. and I know Maureen's favorite time and I know Leanne's favorite time because this is when we get to find out what the hell has got Jen's goat this week Jen what's got the goat this is no one's favorite po podcast Alison but I will continue to do it because I if I don't I'll have to think of something else to replace it with and I just don't have the bandwidth for that right now <laughs> so I am going to say now this might split the room I mean, it's, it's, it's likely, but, um, and also it's not really a massive problem anymore because we're heading out of summer, whatever summer we had, but men with their tops off. It depends on the man. 
it, it, no, it doesn't, Moyne. I'm not fat shaming anyone here, okay? Uh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see nipples. I just don't want to see nipples. It's, not, it's, not, it's nothing personal to anybody. I don't want to see anyone's nipples, okay? That, that's just a personal thing from me. But, and, and look, I live by the, 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 the sea, so, you know, where there's a beach. I totally get it. Take your top off on the beach. In fact, you can even have your top off as you're walking along the the, 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 the boardwalk or the road by the beach. 100%. Get your top off. But when I'm in the middle of town, put your top on. Yeah. Put your top on. Because I don't want to see that much flesh. I don't, I, there's this, and then, listen, again, listen, no disrespect to anyone. I'm not body shaming anyone here. But I don't want to see bits of hair that I don't understand why they're there. This one guy just had like just a patch of black hair on his back. I, I, I don't want to see it. I mean, I know it exists, but nowhere else. The rest of his back, no hair. Just this big patch of black. I was like, it, this is a definitely my issue. I understand that. Equally, I'm going to just, just to create a little bit of, uh, uh, you, you know, equilibrium here. I don't want to see uh, a woman with a baps out. I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see nipples. I tell you what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a step further here. And, and again, you're going to, there's a lot of people are going to be like, Brista, you, you need to take a chill pill because nobody else agrees with you on this. But I don't want to see bottoms either. I don't want to see bottoms. Now, this is a new thing now that we're having on the beach. It's women with their bums out. What? You know, everyone's wearing those, those new bikinis where it's your entire ass is out. Your ass is out. Sounds horrible. Nothing is supporting it. It's just blib blobbing around. Look again. This is. This doesn't sound. This is. No, there's no way of making this sound okay. Also, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? it, it that's my point, Maureen. It's like it, it's. It's. It's got nothing to do with how it, it, aesthetically for, for a lot of women. It, you know, you've got a great bottom. It looks great, but I just for me. I want something to support the butt cheeks, okay? When I see them running on the on the beach, it's like just support it. I, I, I... Look, maybe these these are all my hang-ups. Okay, this is my problem, but this is it gets on my tits, and I and I feel like I'm I'm going to say it out loud, okay? And 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 maybe I maybe I should have kept this for my therapist, but I don't want to see flesh, flesh. I don't want to see it, okay? I, I, only in the, the societal boundaries that we have all accepted are normal. Yeah. But outside of those societal boundaries, put your top on and get a bikini that covers your bottom. That's what I'm saying. And that, that, that's what's that's what's got my goat. And now I'm out. Jen, I agree with you. I'm going to say that. I'm on oh, I'm on team. Uh, put the skin away. When I went to Brighton, when I was staying at your place, I couldn't believe what I was seeing on the beach. It amazes me how skimpy bathing suits are right now. And I'm glad that you said guys tops off, girls also cover up. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't need to see that much of anyone's skin other than the human being that I have decided that I choose to see naked, right? And then myself, which I'm forced to sometimes see naked. I don't want to be squinting the entire day, okay? If I'm down, if I'm, you know, because it's it, bright and everything's on a bloody slope, isn't it? You know, so the, the, the shingle goes up on a slope. If you're slightly down from someone who's decided that they're not going to wear that bikini because they're like, oh, I'm young and I'm free, for sure. Yeah. But as I look up from my book, all I get is a really, really big eyeful of your cooch. And I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It's too much. It's too much for me. I, and, and, and the thing that I find unbelievable, and, and this is this is a generational thing, is that there isn't a single young person that thinks that there's anything wrong with that, because they're all they're all hanging out with with their bottoms out, like like this is a normal behaviour. <laughs>
It's the pornification of the mainstream, isn't it? Cover your nipples. Cover your bottoms. <laughs> put a cardigan on. Put put a bobble hat on. And then enjoy your day. Okay? Oh, dear. I'm so old, aren't I? What is the matter with me? Yeah. It's uh, no, come on. It's I think that's very reasonable, Jen. I think it's very reasonable. I, and and do you know what I, I said to Chloe? I'm so just in this moment because obviously uh, when we found out we weren't having a daughter, there was a, just a moment of like oh disappointment. But anyway, look, I'm obviously I love my sons, um, but now I'm like oh if I had to deal with a daughter that was like I'm just going to the beach, mum, I'd be like come back here, right? Come back here and put your put a onesie on. I've got. A, 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 <laughs> <laughs> a full on, a full on from like your neck to your your ankles outfit. Get UV is dangerous, and, and and you know where you absorb most of the UV on your bottom. Cover it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in one way, I'm absolutely delighted that I don't have to have those conversations with a daughter at, at any point where I have to talk about covering up and and just sound like some flipping puritanical old goat, basically. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Jen has become the goat, the goddar. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am now. I've, got, I've, I've literally I've just become a full-on goat. That's what's. That's what this corner has created. Oh, anyway, that was that. Had, uh, I suppose we've we finished, haven't we? Warren, are you still awake? I am still awake. Great. I'm just checking. <laughs> women talking bollocks if you enjoyed today's episode then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts like us leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones particularly mine (laughs) will that do If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 